Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back here to the first episode of the second half of the season of Bases Loaded. It's just me, Brandon, and Blake here today. Blake, how's it going? It's going good, man. You know, came out rocking and rolling after the All-Star break. Got to go to the ballpark on Tuesday night and going to be back there tomorrow night, which is really cool. I'm really, really looking forward to not only the home stretch for my hometown team, but I'm honestly looking at a lot of these races, you know, that are going to be really cool to watch down the stretch. And obviously, too, you know, we are less than a week away from the trade deadline. So I'm, we saw a move earlier today, you know, with Nelson Cruz getting traded from the Twins to the Rays. So I'm kind of hoping, like we were talking about backstage before we came on, that this will spice things up and get things moving along pretty quickly. And maybe we'll see some deals over the weekend and things like that. You know what I mean? You guys – Wrote on the feed, you know, when I was at the game on Tuesday night that Chris Bryant had been pulled. And I was like, uh-oh, it's going to start early. You know, but yeah, I was like, trade, trade? No. Right? I'm kind of hopeful that we, you know, we we see some some moves. You know, we talked about some of the, the mythical trades that we – rumors that you always hear year in and year out. So I kind of hope that, you know, some of these come true. It would be cool to see some big names move around and um, see some dynamic pieces get moved. That way it makes the, the races down the stretch more interesting in different areas. Yeah, first thing I thought when he got pulled in the middle of the game for no reason, I'm like, oh, he got traded. No, he, yeah. it, was like a, it was like a pulled right hamstring. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? Right. He just had to go home and pack for the next week or two, you know. <laughs> he had to get his stuff ready for the next two weeks because he's going somewhere. I mean, I... I think he will be moved. I think he's one of the pieces there, because uh, sure. Cubs are. I don't. I wouldn't say they're out of it, but you want to because I think they have three players on the last year of their deal: Bryant, Rizzo, and Baez. I believe are all in a contract year. So yeah, they're not gonna keep all three. So you might as well deal now get some prospects and start to uh, rebuild. Yeah, they're they're 47 and 49, eight and a half games out of first place there in the central. And they are eight games behind the second wild card. So so basically yeah. eight they're eight games back. It's it's pretty much a done deal that Cubs are not making the play, which is weird. Because like a month ago, before they threw that no-hitter, I believe they were in second place and, and they were like a game back. Then they go on like a 10-game losing streak after they throw that combined no-hitter. Their season's done. Just put a fork in them. They're done. They're done. Yeah, at the beginning of the year, I mean, Baez was having a juggernaut year. But, I mean, if you remember right, too, Chris Bryant, the first two months of the baseball season, was completely tearing it up. I mean, he was one of the top hitters across the board the first two months of the season you know he's had that lingering injury you know lower when you lose the lower half of your body in baseball you know the swing is is 80 percent at best you know that's what this guy's been been dealing with time in and time out um i I think it's kind of safe to say that the cubs aren't in full rebuild mode but obviously if they had their take i mean they're going to keep try to keep Rizzo buys as much as possible because they feel like they can build around them. Uh, I think crucial pieces that are going to be dealt uh, are, are the obvious there, like Kimbrel, you know, and, and, and Bryant, you know, they already moved Jock, you know, which is probably like a rental player at best anyway from them. But, you know, I think, 
I think they'll be sellers, but th- there's a lot of teams in that division that are going to try to load. Uh, you know, Milwaukee's trying to hold on to a lead in that division, but there's a I could see even like the Mets coming out of nowhere or the Phillies too and trying to be buyers over there in the National League along with your other players out there in the West as well. Um, I could see them also dealing Zach Davies. Um, he's a decent pitcher. Um, he does have a bit of a control and walk problem though. Like he averages like four walks a start, which is not, it's not something you want to see out of a starting pitcher. I mean, he's not a top of the line starting pitcher, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, but I could see Zach Davies not. They probably wouldn't get a lot for Zach Davies. Probably like a like a a low tier uh, prospect back, so they wouldn't get a lot for him. But I could see him being moved because teams are always looking for starting pitching. Always looking for starting pitching for sure. You know, and I mean, you know, of course, with all Nelson Cruz break, you know, him going to the race, that's awesome. You know, because. Um, there's that I feel like that whole division right there needs a bat in the one through nine, whether it's the Red Sox, the Yankees, you know, Toronto. So for the Rays to somehow be there right now, you know, I think what they're a game, game and a half out, out of the Red Sox right now. But, game, you know, for yeah. them to lose Glassnall to injury and to lose Snell in the offseason and still be in the vicinity, you know, a, a lot of us wrote them off at the beginning of the year. You know, but for them to be doing what they're doing with their bullpen sessions and with the middle relief that they actually have is probably one of the strongest suits in their bullpen right now. It's pretty impressive, you know. So for them to go get Nelson, you know, we all know Nelson Cruz has, at the last couple of years of his career, but at the same time, you know, that's a huge bat to add to that lineup and a huge push for Tampa Bay to actually still stay in the race down the stretch. Taryn brings up a solid point. What are the Mariners? The Mariners are a team that like they're in that it, like they're six and a half back in in the division, three and a half back in the wild card. So they're they're in that weird spot where they can be either one. They can See, be I have a different take on the Mariners. I think I don't think they're going to be sellers, but and I don't think they're going to be buyers. Because at the end of the day, I feel like the Mariners. Yeah, I feel like the Mariners are in a place where they are trying to find what they have in their farm system and what they can grow to bring up. Um, They are doing a lot better than I thought they were going to do this season. Even with you know a guy like Kyle Lewis having the the injury that he had, he had a lot of people that have stepped up for them. Um, But with them, you know, I kind of think as if you don't want to hear it if you're a Mariner fan, but if you're not a Mariner fan looking from the outside looking in, you, you kind of think that, you know, that, that front office kind of probably thinks that they're they're blessed and they're happy where they're at right now, okay? Um, that said, I mean, they could make a couple of deals and things like that, but I don't think you're going to have the trades that we're talking about right now, Taryn. Like, I don't, you're, you're not going to have – they're not going to go after the hot commodity. They're not going to go after the star-studded ace. They're not going to go after a heavy hitter or anything like that for a one-year deal because I just don't think that that's in them. Uh, is there a push always? Yes, because this team hasn't made the playoffs in literally forever. But at the same time, I just don't see it in, in not only the division that they're in, but obviously in the AL2 as well. Um, I think it's a pretty steady race between 
the teams that are in it in the NL and the AL unless something crazy happens down the road. Uh, we have a really good outlook on what the playoffs are already going to be this year, even after the all-star break. Yeah, I could see them maybe getting a starting pitcher. I think that's probably about it. I think anything else will be too much of an act. Like Zach Davies. Zach Davies could be a great – that could be a great spot for uh, Zach Davies. It's not going to cost them a lot. Um, but, yeah, like you said, they're probably going to stand pat. They're probably not going to be too aggressive in moves unless someone reaches out to them saying, oh, we got this player. Do you want him? Or is this guy up – are you selling on this guy? So we'll definitely have to see how that transpires for Seattle. But as long as they stay consistent with what they've been doing um, – it's possible that they get that second wild card from Oakland. It's possible. They're only three and a half back. So a lot can change there. Uh, they're both six and four in their last ten. Difference is, though, Seattle has a minus 52 run differential. Yeah, and let's not forget, too, that we already kind of talked about the dynamics between the Astros and the A's. The A's have played the easiest part of their schedule already. Everything on the back end for them is going to become more difficult. I mean, it, it's going to be hard. It'd be really, it's a really hard path for Seattle because not only would they have to fend off, you know, Oakland, but you're going to have to try to fend off uh, the Angels, you know, if they ever get Trout back and, and get things in, in line as well, like that team. Should be on a pack too, but I mean the Mariners are going to be interesting, but I just don't think their time is now, and I don't think the time you can even think it's going to be um, next year. So I think what that team is doing is they're trying to figure out what their prospects are and and seeing what the bigger pitcher is going to be down the road. I think they are ahead of schedule of where they thought they would be. I I I think they thought they would improve, but not like this where they have to make some tough decisions as to are they going to make that push for the wild card or are they just going to kind of sit still and just let these guys continue to develop and maybe try and make a run for it next year or the year after that. For sure, because at the same time, you know, the Mariners, it's, they don't have those interesting pieces anymore that, oh, this guy's been with them for forever. Let's see what we can get them. And you have a, a team that's on a path to – to the playoffs that will give up some prospects and things like that that can pad your stats. You, you don't even have that dynamic right now, really, as as much as a lot of people would anticipate in that scenario. I, I just don't see them. Uh, I, I don't see them being buyers or sellers. I see them just being sitting on their hands during the the trade deadline. I think their longest tenured player is Mitch Mitch Haniger, and he's been there since 2017. Now, Not at the really. same time, th- there could be somebody that offers you. A huge treasure trove, but that's even a reach for me. I mean, you nailed it on the head. That's the only guy that I can think out there that would have value. But at the same time, in Seattle, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I just don't know what the value would be for him. I mean, it could happen. You know, somebody could be outfield hungry and offer a lot for him. But I mean, who knows? Who knows at that point? But yeah, yeah, you nailed it. That's the only guy that I can think of on that roster. That, that could bring you three or four prospects. I misspoke. The longest tenured is Kyle Seager, tw- uh, 2011. I completely forgot about that. Um, I He's on the wrong side of 30, so I don't know if that's worth a deal to be made. Um, he's he's getting the power this year, but he's only hitting 216. 
So, not sure there's much value there. If you're looking for maybe some pop off the bench, maybe. But they're not going to get anything for him. With that, uh, I don't think there's a lot of value there for Kyle Seager. So, and he was drafted by Seattle. He's been there his entire career. Um, just know that there, there'll probably be some teams that, that'll make a call to see what it's worth. So, we'll have to see what uh, Seattle does. Do they make any moves or do they stand still and will they make up that three and a half game that they're separated by Oakland on? Um... We'll just have to wait and see. Now, you weren't here last week, so I want to get your thoughts on the Home Run Derby and the All-Star Game. You know what? Okay, so the, the Home Run Derby was good, okay? But I'm not going to lie. I, I, I did not watch the All-Star Game at all. We, we, had, we had already had a commitment to go do something else that night. I mean, it's fun. It's good. I just, man... I wanted more meat on the bone this year. The Home Run Derby was very entertaining this year, but at the same time, I, I wanted more of the bigger name guys in there. And I kind of think if Tatis wouldn't have the shoulder issue, that he possibly would have participated, which would have probably made a guy like Vlad, you know, come in. Shohei um, obviously did it, but didn't have as much success as everybody thought they would. Soto was there. Uh, there was hype, you know. I was very, very happy with how – it played out, you know, I kind of wanted the Cinderella story at the end that didn't happen, you know, but hats off to Alonzo. Now the all-star break on the other hand, uh, I mean, it's kind of like I read a bunch of players that didn't even get to play and stuff like that, which was total bummer for them. But at the same time, you know, I mean, honestly, Brandon, like I couldn't even tell you the last time I sat down and watched the whole game of the all-star game. Uh, I've watched some of them when I know some of the guys were starters for uh, off my team and things like that. But I mean, I don't know. They, the MLB's got to find a way to kind of make it more entertaining um, in a bigger aspect, you know. Uh, I don't know if it's just the game needs to be sped up in that point and it be treated like a backyard game more. Uh, it, it is to a point, I guess, but at the same time, I, I don't know. You know, the NBA, I think, has a good mix of what the All-Star game is for them, but at the same time, it, it's just one big pickup game at that point. And I don't know if yeah. MLB – with the way that the game's structured can can mimic that. But, I mean, let's face it. I mean, the Pro Bowl is the same way, you know, but um, the NBA has a, a, a dynamic recipe for success on all-star games. You know, they're entertaining. It's tr it's treated more like a, a, a backyard game, you know, and and it's just, it's, it's fun. You know, it's fun to see the guys and things like that. But at the same time, I don't know. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they add more of like a skill sets or, or, or what and make it a bigger week. But I mean, let's face it. The home run derby is the crown jewel of all-star week. It always has been and always will be. So I think what needs to happen is they, you know, they brought in the incentive with the million dollar prize and things like that. I think they need to make that and expand on that. But um, I, I think that's the only way to kind of boost things in that aspect. I personally think it, they shouldn't even have the game anymore. It's just, oh, you got voted as an all-star. It's kind of like what happens at the end of the year with, like, Silver Slugger and Gold Gloves. It's just an accolade now. Like, there should – because most of the players probably don't care. Because if they're playing in the all-star game, they don't get an all-star break. They get, like, two days off. While some of these other players get, like, four or five days off. So they don't really get a break – 
So, if they didn't have the game anymore, I wouldn't be like, oh, no, we don't get the All-Star game. Because, like you said, it's not really that entertaining to watch anymore. Um, some of the players that were mic'd up were actually pretty funny. So, there was that. Um, but I thought it was interesting that the winning pitcher was from Japan. Right. Uh, the, the closer was from Australia, and the MVP was from the Dominican. So no one. It was a global event. So I thought that was that that was pretty cool. But uh, otherwise, the game was very lackluster and not entertaining, really. For sure. It also, doesn't it doesn't help? Um, Joe Buck. I just I can't stand listening to Joe Buck. I can't I can't listen to him. Yeah. So, quick question: What are you hearing out of your side of things? Because I wanted to get your take on the whole Marte. You think that your boys are going to sit on him for a year, or you think they're actually going to move him? Uh, I think he's the only one that's not being moved. I think anyone else is fair game. Uh, they've tra- they traded Tim LeCastro to the Yankees, who tore his ACL this past weekend, so he's done. Uh, they traded Steven Vote to the Braves. Um, I think the. Br- the fact that they have not traded Eduardo Escobar yet is shocking to me. Right. He's like top five in RBI, like I think top 10 in home runs in the National League. I don't get why they have it. Like the only thing I can think of is that they're asking for too much and some teams aren't willing to bite yet. So we'll see what happens in the next week. I would say David Peralta, but he's not ha- his, his value right now is not very good. Um, and the fact that Marte is hurt with his hamstring, I don't, I just like, how do you trade a injured player? Like you would want to make sure that he's healthy before you trade him. Um, and I think if they did trade him, it would be kind of what happened with the Zach, uh, Granky deal. A lot would have to come with him, like four or five players. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. think the, I think the only team that would be a potential buyer in that scenario is uh, the Yankees or something like that, you know, that would try to just completely unload on him. But at the same time, I'm kind of with you, you know, I don't see him getting moved. I don't see why they would move him. And at the same time too, it's, it's kind of a huge question mark because our team's going to be really going after him right now, you know, with him being hurt. Um, If he was healthy, it would be a different story, you know, but at the same time, I mean, yeah, let's face it. The Diamondbacks are huge sellers. Uh, I mean, I could see even hey, see. Hey, we're like, on a four-game win streak. We're on a four-game yeah, win streak. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I could even really see. Which is really weird because the Suns just lost four in a row and the Diamondbacks right. have, have won four in a row. I kind of wish you could trade trade that right now. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I would trade that in a heartbeat. I'd rather <laughs> see the Diamondbacks on a four-game win streak and the Suns with the NBA championship right now. And, and you know, you know – is as much as two, the only other guy that you, I mean, you already brought up Escobar, but at the same time, you know, I know he hasn't had a lot of good outings, but I mean, I could see a guy like Gallon being coming up in a mix of things here and there. If the price was right for you guys, but He's I been mean, on and off the for sure, all, all for sure. Year, so I think his value is not the is not the greatest right now. For sure, um, and I mean, other than that, you know, I think the Pirates are kind of like in the same realm as you guys. You know, they have players that they're willing to deal, you know, I mean, a guy like Tyler Anderson comes to mind with them, but I kind of feel like they're at the same level as you guys right now. There's a huge rebuild that needs to happen. And at the same time, you have some players 
that you're willing to let go. But I don't think the Pirates have a, a, a bigger dynamic like a Marte. You know, I know Frazier's Adam Frazier's had a phenomenal year there. And I think Pittsburgh is He just gonna, hits. That's all he does. He just yeah, continues think, to hit. I think I think Pittsburgh is gonna deal him just to try to get something out of him. But poor Pittsburgh, you know, I mean You've sat there and you've had all these dynamic pitchers come in and out of your organization and be traded away and stuff like that. And you really don't have anything, you know, to, to hang your hat on. So I kind of feel like, you know, those two teams are obviously big sellers at the deadline, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens if deals happen and, and where they go. Um, another guy that we've talked about for, for months on here that's actually creating a lot of buzz obviously is joey gallo you know there's a lot of teams that are rumored to be in on him so uh, obviously if he is not moved i think would be the biggest surprise at this point because his name has been brought up since before the 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 season even started is how uh, when will he be traded from the rangers you know uh so uh, we've all heard the rumors of scherzer going around right now so I think it's gonna. I think I think things are gonna be heating up, obviously over the weekend, and you know we could go through the list all night long of buyers and sellers and different scenarios, but I feel like you know the league's already done this time and time again, and um, we hope that it's an overactive market because that just it makes things fresh and more fun down the road, and um, but at the same time we could talk about scenarios that might not even be in the realm of aspects and things like that. Cause we all know how the rumor mill starts this, this time of the year. And with, with it being a week out, some of those rumors are, are fairy tales at most. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they uh, really are. Blair haven't been the same since McCutcheon left. Uh, they had like, a, like a two year period where they were good. That was it. But, over the last 20 years, they've been not the best franchise in Major League Baseball there. So um, I'm hoping we, I to be honest, I don't think we're going to get any moves till earliest Wednesday of next week. Um, but most like, like, it's so weird. The day of, I am like glued to my phone, always yeah. refreshing, because I, I got to see what sort of moves are going to be made on that day. Um. I'll never forget yeah. the deal that we got a couple of years from you guys, you know, with, with, with Granky, you know, it was like, boom, the deadline was over. And like five minutes later is when it tweeted out that the deal was finalized between us. But I, I really feel like that's what we're going to end up with. I feel like you, you nailed it. It's either going to be late Wednesday or first thing Thursday. And, and the main major deals are going to happen on Fridays is what's going to happen. And it's going to be an end of the week. It's going to be end of the week thing going into the weekend and that's how it's going to be basically because people are going to want to either get as much as possible or make people sweat that way they'll pull the trigger or throw some more uh, prospects in because let's face it a lot of the play a lot of the teams that are in the mix of it need the pieces that are rumored out there so the, the sellers are going to be rich this year and especially after coming off a 60 game season now that we have a 162 there's going to be a lot of push to get those fresh legs or uh, fresh bullpen coming in. And I think you're going to see a lot of deals for a lot more than what we've seen in the past. Also, you have to remember the current CBA expires this December. And I think that could be a factor for a lot of these deals. Um, 
because based on what happened last year with the 60 game where the uh, Pledge Association and the owners were so far apart, I think the negotiations um, for the new CBA is going to be rough. Um, I'm I'm actually quite nervous that we might have a stoppage there Um, because they were so far apart on that last year. I'm glad that they worked it out this year for a full 162. Um, yeah, he is. Shohei has been the talk of baseball. Um, he didn't really, like, I, I was very disappointed in his outing in the home run derby, but I didn't know that he doesn't take BP. He doesn't take BP. So it was the first time he did it since spring training. So it kind of makes sense why he struggled. Yeah. I mean, Otani's done great. I can't wait to see the videos of him and Trout playing at Top Golf in October together. That's going to yep. be really cool to see. But other than that, you know, I mean, the guy's a dynamic player. He's very likable, very marketable. Uh, all around great guy. Uh, I just hate that he's on a team that can't seem to get it straight time and time again. And Hey, at least they, they spent all of their draft picks on pitchers. All of their – I think which I think is so funny. It's like, let's just keep throwing the dart at the same spot and see if it'll hit at least once. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, until the angels seriously address their, not just their starting pitching, but their bullpen, they ain't going anywhere. And it also doesn't help that they play in a division with the athletics and the Astros right now. Yeah. It's going to be really sad. It's going to be really sad though when Otani two years down the road realizes that he needs out and he demands a trade. But other than that, he's a great, great player. He's bringing great marketability for international players, which I like to see. I like to see the game grow, and I like to see these guys come over here and have success regardless of how long they've played in Japan or Dominican or anything like that. It's all about growing the game. It's all about you know MLB being on different screens in different parts of the world. And, it, I mean – how can you not like the guy? I mean, even the things that he does off the field and things like that, he's a very likable guy. We love to see the success on both sides, obviously, that he's having now. And um, obviously, he was uh, injured a lot more than we thought when he first came over for the first two years. So it's cool to see him not only find the speed of the game, but find strength to come back from the injury. So it's all around success story of this set. Yeah. Um, we'll see if he can keep it up for the rest of the year. Um because I think AL MVP right now is up between him and Vlad Jr. Mm-hmm. So we'll just have to see how that goes. Um, and NL, it's right now, I can't think of anyone but uh, Tatis Jr. Um, because uh, I was, I thought DeGrom was in the discussion, but he's freaking, he's down again with an injury. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, the Mets are in playoff contention. They're in first place in the NL East. And they have a decent-sized lead at three and a half games over Philly. Um, I think Philly is going to have to make some moves, though. Uh, Philly yeah, Philly, might- Philly are going to be huge buyers. You know, and I, and I think not only is the, are the fan base getting frustrated there, you know, but the, the front office getting frustrated there as well, too. Joe Girardi's doing his best out there, but, you know, that team is – has underproduced three years in a row. 
that division is there for the taking for any three of four of those teams, even with the Braves as beat up as they are. Uh, DeGrom, you know, great pitcher. He just he he always seems to get injured. He's kind of like the whole Mike. He's a Mike Trout of the pitching world. It seems like he's always gets hurt in the most crucial aspect of the season. Um, you know, the Sandergard was on the road to being back, and everybody was excited about that. And then he retweaked something, so they pulled back on on ramping him up. Um, the Mets are the Mets, and the Mets will be yeah. the Mets until they're not the yeah. Mets. And that that whole division has it seems like they have Metsitis right now because. I mean, the Nationals could even probably th- – this is the scenario that I think is going to be funny. The Nationals could potentially trade Max Scherzer and still win that division somehow. That's that's how close everything is in, in that division. I mean, what last I checked, I think the Mets had 48 wins and they're first in that division, you know? Uh, so, the Mets have 50. They're okay, 50. they hit 50 finally. But at the same time, at the beginning of the week, all those all those teams were going into the week with less than 50 wins. So it's going to be really interesting to see the long haul of what happens down the road for them. Yeah. Uh, one. So most people talk about during the home run derby that it it will ruin a player's swing once they come out of the All Star break. Not Juan Soto. No, not one Soto. He felt like he was still at it, you know. I think <laughs> he had was... like four in his first five games back. Like for sure, he he was definitely feeling it. So that whole standpoint of oh, it ruins a player swing. Once I was like, no, not me. It actually helped for me. Sure. It, it helped me get my home run stroke back. So good there yeah. for him. Um, we'll definitely have to see you know, if any moves are made. Yeah, I mean and even not going to the all-star break too. I mean, helped a player out this past week too. I mean, Jose Altuve, he's been on a tear since coming back from the all-star break. He's got three home runs as well, but yeah, I kind of like that whole dynamic of how Chris and you opened the, the show last week, you know, <laughs> how to do that it. That was him. That I was know. him. I, uh, I, I just had a feeling he was going to do it. So I thought it was yeah. funny there. Chris, um, I've, Chris is as absent as his starting pitching right now. Yeah, they're tied. Uh, I think I think they're down three two to the uh, Marlins in the seventh right now. Oh so. man, Marlins, man, they're they're on a tear right now. <laughs> I feel like anytime you see the Marlins go up against a team that is a playoff contender, they can't win any other team against any other team unless they like have a winning record. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's so weird. Like it, it makes absolutely no sense. But who knows? Um, everyone, make sure to give us a follow on Twitter um, because any moves that I see made, we will be able, to, we will tweet it out. So bases loaded, I E S R. Um, any moves that are made there uh, will be tweeted out. Um, so hopefully, we see some big moves there. Um, it's gonna be an interesting trade deadline. Um, I think we're going to see a lot of pitchers move. I think that's the most. I, I I think that's the position that will have the most moves is starting sure. and uh, bullpen. So, it yeah. <laughs> so, uh, any uh, final thoughts for tonight? No, I mean, I think that we're going to see a lot of moves made at the trade deadline, and I know. You know, people get amped up 
everything like that time and time again. But I mean, there's just so many teams that are willing to buy. You know, I think we see Chris Bryant move. Obviously, you know that's a given. Max Scherzer's going to move. I think um, Nelson Cruz already moved. You know, that was another guy that everybody was kind of keen in on with the Twins potentially being sellers. Uh, I, I think that we're going to see a, a lot more, even like mid-level moves uh, of people just adding to the arsenal, you know, of bullpen aspect. But I mean, it's going to be interesting. And um, who knows, you know, I, I kind of hope that we're not waiting around till, till weeks in. I kind of hope that things get spicy over the weekend, but who knows? We'll see. Yep. Everyone, as always, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will see you all next week. Yeah.